Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Shorty Gains podcast. It's me again, Yasmin. I'm your host. And today we are talking about calories. Now, calories are, I've already done a podcast episode on calories. And obviously, calories are a topic that come up time and time again in almost every conversation that I have on this podcast and in general and with my clients, because everyone is sort of thinking, okay, how many calories do I have to eat in order to lose weight? Or do calories matter? Or do they not really matter that much? Or am I eating the wrong number of calories? And there's, you know, calories are just, I think, highly misunderstood. And I think a very black and white approach is taken to calories. It's very, you know, you get sort of two camps of people, you get one camp of or one type of person who says calories are everything. If you're not eating this many calories and you're not going to lose weight, blah, 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 you know, very kind of black and white. And then you get, you know, another camp of people who are like calories mean nothing. They just don't listen to them, blah, blah, blah. So I'm here to give you my two cents on it through the lens of, you know, we're shorter women. We need a different approach. Calories might matter a little bit more, but it's also important to recognize that there are a lot of other factors that impact how calories are processed in our body and therefore how many calories we should or can or can't eat kind of thing. So I really just want to preface this by saying before I get into it that every individual is different and I know that makes things a lot more difficult and you know people will get frustrated at that and I understand because it's like just give me an answer give me something to work with but you know this is why I work with people one-to-one because that is the best way to give people personalised recommendations based on their history, their body, their height, you know, especially in this case, and just all of these things that impact the number of calories we can and should be eating, or how much attention we should be paying to calories in the first place. So please keep in mind that this is kind of a general approach that I take to calories and my two cents on sort of why calories can matter but maybe not as much as you think they do or should and obviously every individual is going to be unique so when I work with people one-to-one then my recommendations to them are going to be different so just keep that in mind and if you do want to work with me one-to-one and get a better idea of what calories mean for you and your body type then please just head to the description in this podcast and you can book in a free discovery call with me where Basically, you can just ask me any questions you have about the program or how to work with me and we can see if we're a good match and then we can start working together if that's what you want to do. So without further ado, calories, let's talk about them. So here's the thing. In my opinion, calories are both important in some ways and not important in other ways. So on one hand, just clearing my throat there because I feel like there's a lot to unpack here. On one hand, there is such a thing as, you know, overeating, portions that are just too big for you, you know, consistently overeating and being in a calorie surplus, for sure. That is definitely a thing because your body and your metabolism, if you've been here for a while, you know that I talk about this all the time, but you know, your metabolism operates at a certain rate, your basal metabolic rate to be specific. And if you're eating more than your basal metabolic rate plus any other kind of energy expenditure that you have throughout the day. So that includes things like just how much you kind of move throughout the day, your intentional exercise, your 
unintentional exercise, and even just the calories expended, just digesting your food, that kind of thing. There's lots of other things as well as just the speed of your metabolism. But if you are eating more calories, if you are consuming more than what your body burns per day, then that means you are in a calorie surplus and therefore you are probably eating too much for your body at that particular time. So calories are a thing. I'm not going to sit here and say there is, you know, don't pay attention to calories at all because in that very moment that say you're trying to lose weight, your metabolism will be at a certain place. Your gut microbiome will be in a certain place or you'll be in a certain position with your gut microbiome, et cetera, et cetera. And that is all going to impact how many calories you can eat and whether you're going to be in a surplus or a deficit or in maintenance. So it does matter. Okay. And it is a thing. And we have to acknowledge that before we move on to talk about all of the other things that mean calories are not as important as what we previously thought they were. Because we can ignore calories completely, but then if we're ignoring calories completely for a lot of valid reasons, you're kind of forgetting that just because calories maybe don't matter as much as we thought in in the past doesn't mean we should ignore them completely because your body, like I say, will be in a position right now where it operates at a certain metabolic rate, it operates at you know a certain expenditure every day, and therefore calories will matter to an extent but to varying extents for different people, which is what I'm going to get into. So calories do matter. And if we apply this specifically to shorter women as well, which is what we always talk about here, shorter women have slow metabolisms and therefore we burn fewer calories at rest, which means we have less room for error where calories are concerned. So this basically just means that, you know, because we generally, and obviously this is what I help women to sort of overcome and I help them to find a loophole to this, but for most short women at the moment, we have fewer calories to play with in the first place, which means we have a smaller margin of error when it comes to eating too much and therefore being in a calorie surplus. So for example, a taller woman or a taller man could be in a calorie deficit on average throughout the week, even if one day they ate a little bit more than what their calorie deficit goal was, they're more likely to have, to still be in a calorie deficit by the end of that week, you know, average in a calorie deficit for that week, because they have more calories in the first place to play with, and therefore they have a larger margin of error. Whereas we, shorter women, don't have as many calories to play with in the first place, and therefore we have a smaller margin of error. So therefore, you know, if we go over just a little bit by our calorie deficit, then that means we are more likely to basically not make much progress or make slower progress towards our weight loss or our fat loss goals. And obviously, like I said, this is what I help shorter women. It's kind of a cycle that I help shorter women to get out of because obviously, you know, it's not fun where you have to be so, so strict with a calorie deficit, especially a really low and steep calorie deficit, which a lot of women have to be in in order to lose weight if they don't build the muscle and build up the speed of their metabolism. So Obviously, this is, I'm mainly kind of talking about women who have been stuck in this kind of dieting cycle, cutting their calories really low, that kind of thing. But obviously, there is a way out of this. And that's exactly what I help shorter women to do so that they don't feel like they have to cut calories and restrict a lot and they can have a social life. You know, all of these things that really help to improve the quality of your life and also to improve your body composition. So 
That is one thing to consider as well, especially for us as shorter women. Calories might matter a little bit more. Okay, so we don't want to completely ignore the fact that calories are a thing because, again, everyone is unique and everyone is in a different position. Some people will have faster metabolisms. You know, two short women who who are the exact same height might have two very different metabolisms. So it, it really does depend person to person. And we can't ignore that. And therefore, we can't ignore the fact that calories do matter for some people and for some people more than others. But they 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 do play a part in fat loss. And we do have to be in some kind of energy deficit, in some kind of calorie deficit in order to lose weight and to lose fat. Okay. So this is the first thing that I want to start with. So on the flip side of that, there are lots of reasons why calories don't matter as much as we thought they did. So it's really important to go into this with a balanced approach, you know, and like this is something that I really, really try and hammer home just in general within my practice. And I try to be a voice in the fitness industry that doesn't have this kind of black and white approach because I understand that for a lot of people, you know, having a black and white approach and sort of coming at you with like really intense messaging around anything, you know, like calories are nothing, they don't matter at all, blah, blah, blah. Or on the flip side, calories are everything. And if you don't eat that many calories, then you're not going to lose weight and you're not going to make progress. And, you know, I find that a lot of the time, especially in the fitness industry, when, you know, it's so kind of saturated and everything is so loud, everyone is trying to get their voice heard. And so they come out with these really kind of intense and black and white and just polarized messages that I think are really misleading for a lot of people. And whilst, yeah, it might help their marketing efforts and get them, you know, more views on their videos or whatever it is, I don't think it's effective. And I don't even think it's ethical from an educational perspective. And I feel like it's really misleading for a lot of people who aren't in the industry and don't know as much about this. So I really want to come at this with a balanced approach. So please just don't disregard one or the other. Just kind of see them see all these facts for what they are. And then that means you can approach your fat loss and approach your weight loss in a more kind of calm and balanced approach that recognizes that there are some ways in which calories don't matter and some ways in which they do. And you can balance the two and they can live together in harmony. (laughs) So, right. Anyway, back to what I was saying. The one, and one thing to consider in, when we're looking at calories and you know why they maybe don't matter as much as we might think they do is because not all calories are made equal. So for example, you can eat like a, a pack of marshmallows that have the same number of calories as a piece of fruit, for example, but the two are not processed the same way in your body. And therefore, they are not the same number of calories after they've sort of been digested in your body and processed by the body. So actually, not all calories are made equal. And therefore, even if they have the same number on the packaging, the same number of calories, you know, let's say they're both 120 calories on the packaging, when you consume them, they are not processed in the same way. And therefore, your body doesn't process them as the same number of calories. So just to kind of put this into perspective, nutritional labels, so where the calories are actually listed on the back of the pack, can be inaccurate up to 20% either way. 
So actually, when you read something is 120 calories, they could be 20% fewer than that in reality or 20% more than that in reality. And that's according to the FDA. So a really reliable source, basically. So if you are looking at it that way, and let's say you're the kind of person who has, you know, previously or is still looking at calories, you know, really, really strictly, and you're saying this is how many calories I can have, and this is the margin of error that I can have, then you on certain days might be consuming extra calories than you thought you were or more calories than you thought you were. And therefore, you know, those extra calories, especially kind of if you eat regular things on a regular basis, then, or you eat kind of the same thing on a regular basis, then, you know, those extra calories can build up over time. And therefore, you might not be seeing the progress and losing the weight that you want to see. And that's if you're taking, you know, a strict calorie approach. And that's why it's so important not to, because we can't rely on the number on on the packaging, basically. We, we can't rely on it. It's not 100% accurate. And that's not to say that you should just ignore calorie counting or calorie tracking, at least. Entirely, it just means that, you know, you need to, again, come with it with a balanced approach and recognize, okay, like this might not be completely accurate. And you also need to tune into how you're feeling because, you know, calories can kind of I guess, disconnect us with how we're actually feeling. And so we might think, oh, well, I've got this many more calories that I can eat. I'm just going to eat them. Even if, you know, your body is telling you I'm actually not really that hungry or vice versa. So, you know, it's really important to go into this with with a balanced approach. Like I said, you know, it doesn't mean you need to completely not calorie count anymore. It's not accurate. It's a waste of time. But it does mean that you need to recognize that there are other metrics and other measurements you can use to help you be in that energy deficit that you need to be in in order to lose weight and lose fat. So that's one thing to consider. You know, the way that they calculate calories in a lab is very different to our complex digestive systems, which process different foods in different ways, and therefore the calories end up being different and or different to what we thought they were on the packaging. And also, you know, just calculating them in a lab can't always be 100% accurate, and hence that sort of 20% difference that we see, or not 20% difference, but that 20% kind of margin of error in general that we see with calories on packaging, 20% less or 20% more. So that's one thing. That's one reason why, you know, calorie tracking can be useful, but it can't be used in isolation. And we certainly can't be ignoring our intuition and how our body feels because it's just not accurate enough to be able to do that. And it also just ignores how complex our bodies are and again, how unique we are as individuals. So kind of linking to that, another thing to take into account is, again, that we're all unique. And there are factors, individual factors that are individual to every single human that impact the how your body processes calories, basically. So, you know, that can be things like we've already talked about, like your metabolism, also things like your gut microbiome, so the bacteria in your gut, and also, you know, other things like the, like I mentioned, the type of food that you eat, because the type of food that you eat will be processed differently in your body. Each type of food will be processed differently. And, you know, namely, if you're having more processed food, that is going to be processed differently to, let's say, whole foods or a, generally a whole foods 
diet that is obviously healthy for you and generally helps people to lose weight a lot better than eating processed foods that are lower in calories. So let's start with your gut microbiome. Now, obviously, there's always emerging research in this, but generally, the more good bacteria that you have in your gut, the healthier you are and therefore the more effective your body can be at maintaining a healthy weight. Now, it's been shown that if you take the the gut bacteria out of people who are leaner and have a lower body weight or a healthier body weight, and you put that gut microbiome in someone who is overweight, then you can actually see the, their weight shift. And that's because your gut microbiome does have an impact on your ability to lose weight or maintain a healthy weight. So this is important because a lot of the time people take a really kind of, again, black and white approach. So I'll just be like, I'm just going to eat this many calories and I'm going to lose weight, blah, blah, blah. But it, it goes deeper than that. You know, we really need to be thinking about the type of food that we're eating, the quality of the food we're eating, the variety of the food we're eating. Because, you know, when we eat a a diet that is diverse and that has a lot of really good plant foods in there and foods that are going to support our gut microbiome and support the healthy bacteria and feed the healthy bacteria, then we are going to be supporting those that bacteria and those organisms in your gut, in your digestive system that are able to burn calories more effectively, that are able to use more calories from the foods that you eat than other types of bacteria. So it's really important that we are looking at the quality of our food, not just the quantity of our food, because that's going to affect our gut microbiome. And also the way that these foods are processed in our body is also going to affect how that translates in terms of calories. So we really want to be looking at that as well. And again, all of this is, you know, they're relatively recent findings and people are kind of talking about this a lot more only recently. But these are some of the findings that have been published by Harvard Medical School. And it's what new emerging research has been saying and what doctors in this field have been saying more and more. So it's it's very reliable and it's definitely something that I practice with my clients because the last thing I want is for people to come into this with sort of a, a diet approach where they think I need to eat this many calories, stick to it, and then I'll lose the weight only to then not be able to stick to it long term and then regain the weight. And also long term, it's not benefiting your health if you're having you know unhealthy foods, but there are a certain number of calories. So I really like this approach of being able to sort of not completely just ignore calories because they are a thing. You know, the, the quantity of your food is a factor when it comes to weight loss and fat loss, but it's not the only factor and it certainly can't be the only factor in your weight loss journey. It just can't. There are so many other important things that you need to keep in mind, like the health of your gut and the, the health of your digestive system. So that's one thing. The other thing, again, obviously, is your metabolism. So when it comes to your metabolism, there are kind of a few sides to this. So you have obviously the speed of your metabolism, which is something that we work on in the SG method, which we mainly work on by increasing your muscle mass. And the reason we do that is because obviously the more muscle mass you have, the faster your metabolism operates. 
And that helps you to burn more calories just at rest without even having to do anything. And therefore, it helps you to lose weight naturally in a way that means you don't need to restrict your calories. So different people, even if they are the same height, will have varying metabolism speeds or basal metabolic rates because they will have more or less muscle mass depending on what they were doing before, whether they were active before, how much protein they eat to help maintain their muscle mass, all of these kinds of things. So one, you know, 100 calories for one person is not going to look the same as 100 calories for another person, even if you put into a calorie calculator, you know, this is how tall I am and, you know, this is how much activity I do per day doesn't necessarily mean that your basal metabolic rate is going to be the same because it depends on your muscle mass and a lot of other things. So that's one thing because, you know, we can say this is your calorie recommendation based on your height, which basically helps us to understand what your basal metabolic rate might be, i.e. the speed of your metabolism, and also based on your movement for the day and your just total energy expenditure, basically. But that's going to be different for people and it's very difficult to measure even when you do use one of these calorie calculators. And so therefore it's not as simple as just kind of plugging in the numbers into a calorie calculator and then getting the number of calories that you need to eat in order to lose weight because everyone, again, is so unique and it's really difficult to just say this is how many calories you need to eat, blah, blah. And even when people do use that approach, what tends to happen is actually it will change. So you'll start off with a particular calorie goal and then the person who is doing this training program and doing this nutrition program finds that they're not really losing weight and so you might have to reduce it a little bit. Or even when you reduce it, you find that they're still not losing weight and maybe you need to look at other elements of their nutrition. So, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just not as simple as people kind of see it. And that might sound like a bad thing, but actually it's a good thing because it means that there are so many other factors that we can play with and we don't just have to rely and we shouldn't rely on just, you know, this is how many calories I need to eat. Oh no, it's not working. I'll go lower and lower and lower. So there's, this is a whole, you know, our bodies are so complex and there's a whole kind of spectrum of variables and things we can change to help us to get to our goal. So Another reason why calories are maybe not as important as you thought they might be is because, again, everyone is so unique and our metabolisms will be different even if you're plugging in, you're technically plugging in the same numbers into a calorie calculator, which is supposed to give you the number of calories that you should be eating because of our, you know, we might have different muscle mass, we might have different gut bacteria like we were talking about before, we, you know, might have a different set point. I think I've talked about this in one of my other podcast episodes, but there's such a thing as the set point theory, which is basically a theory that explains that your weight is, it has sort of a, a set point or a set range where it sort of likes to sit based on lots of things, based on genetics, based on where it's sat for the majority of your life. And so in order to be able to move away from that set range or that set point, you know, it does take a long time to be able to come out of that set range and to establish a new set point where if your goal is to lose weight, it's slightly lower. So your body likes that kind of homeostasis. It likes that kind of, you know, that, that set point, that place 
that it can call home where it goes back to. And the same applies to your weight. You know, a lot of people will have sort of a set point where their body kind of naturally springs back to when they're trying to lose weight. And that can be frustrating. Yes, it doesn't, but it also doesn't necessarily mean you can't get out of it. It just means that getting out of it is more complex than just dieting, cutting your calories, and then regaining the weight because you've slowed down your metabolism and you didn't go about it in a slow and sustained way that meant that you could re-establish your set point slightly lower or at a slightly lower weight. So, you know, there are so many, basically what I'm trying to put across here is that there are so many different factors to consider here and it isn't just as simple as calories in versus calories out. And that's why calories are, in my opinion, maybe not as important as you may have thought they were when you've tried to lose weight in the past. So with all of this in mind, we've talked about, you know, gut health, we've talked about your metabolism, we've talked about how not all calories are created equal, which means that you can't necessarily rely on calories and kind of have them on a pedestal like you may have done in the past in order to lose weight or lose fat. And with that all in mind, it's probably important for me to talk about what to do instead? What kind of other things should we be focusing on instead of just calories and tracking if we want to lose weight in a sustainable way? That means we don't then, you know, regain the weight or we don't then spring back to our set points in the end anyway. And that means we're benefiting ourselves long term as well and not just kind of losing weight in the short term and doing damage to our body and to our metabolism. So really, I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory because it's all of the things that I've kind of touched upon whilst explaining why calories are not the most important thing to think about. So obviously, you know, one of the main things will be focusing on the quality of your diet, not the quantity of your diet. Now, we do this a lot in the SG methods. This is one of the first things that I start with with my clients. With a lot of them, with most of them, I don't really look at calories. Not to begin with, we always look at quality first because quantity, if it is an issue, if you are overeating a lot, that can be something that we can deal with once we've sorted out the quality, which in my opinion is more important. And like we've talked about, obviously the quality is important not only for your long-term health, but also for your weight loss because not all calories are created equal and they're not going to be processed equally or in an equal way by the body. And some are going to be a lot more beneficial for weight loss versus others. So we need to focus on diet quality and the quality of your food. And this basically just means, if we're keeping it as simple as possible, to plan out your meals and try to reduce the foods that are more refined, that are higher in refined sugar, that are processed foods. So processed foods are basically foods most foods that you kind of find in packaging, obviously some are kind of, you know, removed from that. Obviously, if you're getting like, you know, bread that's kind of, let's say it's a whole grain kind of sourdough, seeded sourdough, the ingredients are really simple and it's a proper sourdough and it's, you know, just sort of flour, water, salt kind of thing, then that, you know, looks like a packaged food, but obviously it's not the same as buying a packaged food that's like, you know, like Smarties or something. I don't know if everyone has Smarties like across, you know, like in the world. (laughs) 
across the globe. I don't know if that's something that everyone has, but I'm trying to think of a universal example. I guess like processed, any kind of processed sweets, things like, there are so many processed things. So I don't know why I can't think of processed food because they're literally everywhere. But anything that's kind of in a package, processed sweets, processed, you know, cakes, processed, it doesn't even need to be anything sweet. It can also just be processed meat products as well, you know, so you can sometimes get those like processed sliced meats that have, you know, lots of really random ingredients in them, lots of random preservatives, e-numbers, that kind of thing. So we want to try and reduce those as much as possible and switch over to foods that are just real foods. So foods that you can pick off a tree or find, you know, growing under the ground. And you want to stick to those kinds of single ingredient foods. So, you know, an apple is just an apple. There are really no other ingredients in there or, well, there shouldn't be anyway. That is a whole other topic, but (laughs) there really shouldn't be. So, you know, an apple, cucumbers, peppers, you know, all of these kind of single ingredient foods. Yes, within reason, you can get these kind of minimally processed foods, like the bread would be an example if it is a kind of bread that doesn't have lots of other ingredients and preservatives and hasn't been super refined. And it's just, you know, really kind of like wonder bread type bread, you know, that would be like a really highly processed packaged food that we want to avoid. But if it's something like I said, like a, you know, packaged good quality sourdough bread that's seeded, then that's obviously different, still packaged, but very, very different to the wonder bread. So that's one thing we want to focus on diet quality. And that goes for everything. And that doesn't mean necessarily just cut out everything that was kind of packaged and more processed that you were having before, but it means that we definitely need to see a reduction because that's going to have a big impact on your metabolic health, on your blood sugar levels, on your longevity, on your long-term health, all of these things. And all of that stuff affects your fat loss and weight loss progress as well. So we need to be focusing on the quality of the foods that we're eating in our diet. We need to find a way to enjoy it, to enjoy those whole foods and cooking them in a way that's both convenient and also delicious, which is entirely possible, entirely possible. And within the SG method, I provide my clients with tailored recipe booklets based on exactly what they've told me they enjoy. So if they say, I love pasta dishes, I love pizzas, I love all of this stuff, then I will literally create a recipe booklet that has that features a lot of their favorite meals, but just healthier alternatives to them that are still delicious. And it's all in a very kind of pretty booklet that you get that you can print out and keep in your kitchen or on your kitchen counter, or you can see it on the SG Method app, on the Shorty Gains Method app, on the meal planning tab. And you'll have a PDF document that you can literally just open up on your phone and make the meals and batch cook them if you want and all of these things. So It doesn't, what I'm trying to say is that it doesn't mean that it has to be, you know, like really depressing and you're just sat there like making healthy food and you just really miss all the other food that you used to have. It's not that at all. And I never, ever encourage, you know, complete restriction, but it's just being able to find healthier ways to include the foods that you love, but doing it in a way that's best for your body and best for your fat loss and weight loss. So focusing on the quality of your food is important. And if we're linking this back to calories again, remember that not all calories are created equal. So if you're having whole foods and they have the same number of calories as a chocolate bar and you're thinking, oh, well, it has the same number of calories as this chocolate bar. So surely then I could just have the chocolate bar because it's within my calorie limit. Think again, because like I say, not all calories are processed the same way by the body. And even if they say that they have the same number of calories on the packaging, 
the way they're processed in the bodies and the ways that the calories are sort of extracted once your body digests them are completely different. So I promise you, it really is worth, even for your short-term fat loss goals or shorter-term fat loss goals, it is important to look at the quality of the food that you're eating. So that's one. Obviously, we then need to be looking at exercise. This is kind of linking back to metabolism and being able to increase the speed of our metabolism. Because obviously, like I said, if you have more muscle mass, that means that you're going to increase the speed of your metabolism naturally. So just at rest without even having to increase how much you're moving per day. So this is again where the sort of calories in versus calories out sort of approach is misleading because people think, okay, well, I just need to eat less and move more because that means I'll have less calories coming in, more calories coming out. But the reality is that that is super unsustainable because then what happens when, you know, you want to stop making your whole life about just moving, moving, moving and, you know, reducing, reducing, reducing in terms of your food? What happens when you want to return to a normal quality of life where you are able to eat more food and able to move a normal amount and not, you know, absolutely murder yourself doing lots of cardio at the gym? So exercising regularly is important, but you need to exercise in particular ways. And that's not to say that, you know, it has to be these ways. And if you don't move this way, then you're not going to make any progress. But especially speaking to my short women here at Shorty Gains who listen to this podcast and who work with me, it's especially important to engage in strength training, in resistance training, because it means that you're going to be able to build muscle mass, which is going to help you to speed up your metabolism in the long term, which is obviously really important because it means we burn more calories at rest. And it means that we also have lots of other benefits like better glucose management because if you have more muscle mass, then your insulin sensitivity is likely to increase, which is great because managing your blood sugar levels is really important for fat loss as well as your long-term health. So basically, there are so many benefits. I could go on. I could go on and on and on and on. But we really need to be looking at some resistance training at least two times a week People can do three, four, five times a week as well. You know, it really depends on the person and kind of where you're at right now. But yeah, you definitely want to be engaging in some kind of strength training, which is obviously what I do with my girls in the Shorter Gains Method program, the 12-week program. And I do think it's one of the most sustainable ways to go about your fat loss in terms of the training side of things. However, we also don't want to be ignoring the steps and our movement throughout the day just outside of the gym. So that can be anything, you know, any kind of movement throughout the day, whether it's kind of standing at a standing desk or just, you know, moving around your house or whatever it is. But one of the main forms of movement that I encourage outside of the gym is just walking, getting your steps in. So getting your steps in is really, really important. It is, I think, one of the most overlooked elements of fat loss when it comes to people who want to lose weight. You know, you'll think about, okay, I need to get myself in the gym. I need to, you know, maybe reduce my calories or improve my diet. But actually just walking is so overlooked. And I think it's just because it's so easy. I mean, sometimes it can be difficult in terms of where can you find time in your day to do it. But once my clients work with me or, you know, you really think through a way to find pockets of time in your day where you can actually get your steps in, the actual sort of action of taking those steps and, and actually doing the walking is not difficult. 
It's so easy and it's not tiring. And in fact, it creates more energy. You feel more energized after you've been walking around. At least I do. And I know that for my clients as well. So it's so powerful, but I think people overlook it because it's easy, you know, like comparatively to like a, you know, a, a really challenging strength training program. Actually, it's quite easy. So do you know what? Not everything has to be super, super hard. Not everything has to be super, super sweaty and challenging, you know, and in a gym environment. It can just be getting more steps in. And I would highly, highly encourage if you're not doing that and say you haven't even started, you know, going back to the gym yet, I would even just encourage you to start with your steps. Increase your steps by, you know, 2K, 3K, 4K, whatever it is. Keep increasing it. And I promise it, the kinds of results you can get from that as well as then adding your strength training in is just beyond. And it's just, it's so unexpected because again, you just wouldn't think that your steps really have a big impact, but your steps do account for about approximately 15% of your total daily energy expenditure. So actually it is a huge, huge element of the energy that you expend every day, even more so than your intentional exercise, which actually only accounts for approximately 5% of your total daily energy expenditure. So you can see that actually it's quite important. So that's kind of what I would say, you know, are some of the kind of key core basic things that you need to start looking at. If you're trying to lose fat and trying to not take a sort of calorie forward approach and you want to instead take a more kind of sustainable quality nutrition and quality training and movement approach. So those are really key, important steps. I do have other podcast episodes where I go into a lot more detail with a lot of the other really important steps to take, things like, you know, stress levels and how much you sleep and all of that kind of thing. Obviously, there are lots of other factors to take into account. And that's the kind of thing that I work on with my short girls in the SG Method 12-week program. You know, we look at absolutely everything. It's very holistic because the last thing I want is for people to lose weight and then drop the habits and regain the weight again, because that's, we all know that sucks, <laughs> basically. So I hope this helps. If you take anything away from this podcast episode, I want it to be that just please look beyond calories. You don't have to ignore them completely. And in some cases, it can be really useful to think about calories and it can give you an idea of your portion sizes and kind of if you're overeating it can be really useful to kind of have some insight into that and kind of through that get to the core of maybe why you're overeating it could be you know emotional eating it could be the fact that you are having a lot of processed food which tends to get us to overeat more than we're actually hungry for. And that's just because of the way the processed foods are processed in the body versus more sort of high quality plant foods, for example, which have higher fiber and let's say, you know, quality animal foods as well or plant proteins that help us to feel fuller for longer, as does fiber from plant foods. So, you know, there could be multiple reasons why you're overeating. And in those kinds of cases and in a couple of other situations, you know, being able to track your calories and just have it as kind of an objective sort of number almost like you know just keep it keep the emotions separate and just look at those calories that you've tracked as just an objective kind of experiment you've seen okay this is how much I'm naturally eating at the moment 
And then kind of, you know, digging into that and thinking, okay, why is that happening? What's going on here? What's going on with the quality of my food? What's going on with my movement? Just taking it as an objective number and then kind of looking at it and see why that might be. And that can be pretty useful. Like when it comes to tracking calories, it can be pretty useful. So it's not that tracking your calories is just, you know, something that you need to completely throw out the window. However, I am of the opinion, especially with short girls who have slower metabolisms anyway, and reducing your calories by a lot can damage your metabolism and it can make your metabolism even slower, which is the last thing we want, especially as shorter women then I am of the opinion because of that, that we should be looking at other elements that are, as I've explained throughout this podcast episode, are also so important for short-term, medium-term and long-term health goals and weight loss goals and fat loss goals. So I really hope this helped you to kind of understand this a little bit more and just help to kind of, I guess, debunk that kind of black and white approach, really kind of all or nothing approach when it comes to calories and losing weight because like I said at the beginning I'm really kind of sick of this approach that a lot of people take which is really effective for like grabbing people's attention on Instagram and places like that where you know they'll say oh yeah like this is the this is exactly what you need to do this is exactly how many calories you need to eat or this is the only way you can lose weight because you have to be in a calorie deficit blah 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 and yes it's true you do need to be in some kind of energy deficit in order to lose weight But there are multiple, multiple ways to get there. And counting your calories alone is not going to be, in a lot of cases, the most effective way to put yourself into an energy deficit to reach your goals. So I hope you found this helpful. If you guys are interested in knowing more about this, please just DM me over on Instagram. You can DM me at shorty.gains. That's my username or my Instagram handle. And you can just DM me on there and ask me more questions about calories. And if there's just anything that's come out of this podcast that you're like, hmm, I wonder about this. Can you kind of elaborate more on this or or that? Then please message me. My DMs are open and I do love to talk to you guys. And you know that I can talk for England when it comes to health and wellness and looking after yourself, especially as shorter women. So please just head over to Instagram if you want to talk to me a little bit more about this. If you're looking for coaching, fat loss training, and for me to be your trainer and to be your nutrition coach and to help you and guide you through this process of losing fat in a sustainable way without slowing down your metabolism and without regaining the weight and without having to cut your calories really low and without having to do ridiculous gym workouts and, you know, completely have them take over your life, then I would love to help you with that. So the way you can inquire to work with me is really easy. If you just pop down to the description below this podcast, you can find a booking link for a video call with me. So it's a 20 minute free of charge discovery call where you can just talk to me for 20 minutes. And usually, I mean, I'm not stingy with time. I'll go over the 20 minutes. That's, you know, it's it's not something that I'm super strict about. So We can talk to each other for free and just see where you're at and see whether the program would be a good fit for you. And if it's not a good fit for you, then that's absolutely no problem. And ultimately, I want it to work for you. So it's a great way to find out whether the program would be a good fit for you and a good fit for the goals that you're trying to achieve as a shorter woman. So if you want to do that, head to the description below this podcast, book in a free discovery call at a slot and a time that works for you. 
and I will see you there. And if you enjoyed this podcast episode, please remember to give us a five-star rating if you like the podcast and if you like this episode. And please press that follow and subscribe button if you want to be notified when new episodes come out. All right, guys, love you lots and I will see you next week.